Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 10, Episode 7, titled Snatch Game. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one temporary co-host. From the podcast, no, from, not from the podcast, from After Buzz TV, please say, Please just me! To Jay <laughs> Ellis. Hello, well, if Jayla. it isn't the fresh fish of the day, Joe Batanz. <laughs> uh, hey, girl. Oh, you know what's so funny is I is, is I act. You know, I cannot stand those horrible puns they do in the show. But I right. actually thought they were genuinely uh, funny this week. I was actually Joe, uh, So did I. I Tuna Turner made me. Yes. I don't laugh out loud at shows ever, but Tuna mm-hmm. Turner for some reason had me with like the Thunderdome. Yep, I thought that was a good one, but I agree. Huh? Tuna Turner, oh, yeah. Tuna Turner was a good one. I even thought uh, the um, the what was the fatty omega three or something? <laughs> yeah, they were really. I mean, Evan is probably dead from laughing. I he loves those things, doesn't he? Who does? Evan Ayers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, if, if he was sober enough to watch it, I, he may he may be dead now from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> okay. um, but anyway, Jay well, Ellis, some, how are you? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're at, you're on AfterBuzz TV, but right now you're the permanent co. You're the permanent sub, right? What, what's your what's your role here at AfterBuzz TV? Yeah, so I can commit to the full season. So um, just because of the time and like the date that they were filming so i had to take kind of a backseat to um they got two new hosts in for myself and kenny harrison and that is oliver and ronnie and they're doing great um but if one of them misses for some reason uh mark or jackie then i go in and i fill in for them um and it's only happened once this season which was actually last week where mark was missing and um i got to go in and chat but other than that they've been on their own doing great and it's been kind of nice to just enjoy the show and not i guess have to be so have such like a strong eye on it i'm just kind of enjoying it as a viewer for the first time since season eight was it awkward when you were there were they like oh this guy he used to be <laughs> oh so many eye rolls and like this bitch is back <laughs> no everybody was very lovely and greeted me i hadn't worked with uh oliver before so that was my first time being on the panel with him and Ronnie and I did the looking movie together like two or I guess a summer ago. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really fun going in an after buzz when I hadn't been there for a while because it's like running into friends and get to catch up and everything. And Jackie B is going to be married in two weeks. So it's all very exciting. Oh, my God. Jackie B. One, two, three. Jackie B is going to be uh, what when she cha- <laughs> is, it, is she going to change her name? Yeah. What's her new last name going to be? I don't have her. um her wedding invite in front of me, but anyway, she's not going to be Jackie B anymore. Yeah, but that's why I hope it runs with the numbers. Like it's like, it's like you know, two, three, four, Jackie Moore or something. Like. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it is. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, it was just good to catch up with everybody. Now, how have you been? I've been well, but there's a question. I have a, two, a couple of things to say to you. One, there's a question oh. that everyone who knows who Jay and everyone knows who Jay Ellis is. You're the biggest star in the in the drag race universe. <laughs> but uh-huh. uh, everyone wants to know: Are you or are you not wearing a shirt? <laughs> Just a mermaid tail. <laughs> that should be your autobiography. <laughs> Just a mermaid tail. It's in the works. I'm going to yeah. work on it right now. Um, um, Go ahead. No. <laughs> you're exactly, exactly. No, you're not. But anyway, I can't see it, everyone. But let me ask you this question, too. I want, I want to tell everyone a story. So if you're hearing this far in the future, you may or may not know this, but uh, uh, 
we usually record the night of the episode, but we're actually recording the morning after the episode because Taylor the Latte Boy, the usual co-host, fell ill. And Jay is kindly sitting in for him. And and so, uh, you know, best wishes to Taylor and speedy recovery, Taylor. And, uh, but, you know, I was frantically, you know, Jay's on the West Coast. So I said, you know what? I might be able to get this Jay Ellis. I I know some people. I can get to him. And um, he might be able to sit in. He goes, well, I'm working until this time, but maybe at like, you know, nine or ten, I could maybe do it. And I was like, okay. So... You know, I record a, a temporary solo show just to release, and I go, "I'll do it just in case." And, and when and then Jay messages me at like, at like seven or eight, and he's like, "You know, I I can't do it." Right? I'm like, "All right, yeah. well, we'll do the solo show." Then all of a sudden, at like eleven thirty, I get this text message: "All right, I'm ready to do the show." Excuse me. Excuse me, I can screenshot the exact conversation because I have the text of going and saying, I'm I'm in the middle of the show. This was at 9.30 or 10 o'clock mm-hmm. and saying I could either go tonight at 11.30 when I'm finished or tomorrow morning. So yeah. I just want the world to know, America, <laughs> as Monique Hart says, <laughs> that I was ready to go, uh-huh. but it was just going to be at 11.30 p.m., which was not really going to work for Because in honesty, I was not... After working, I was like, I don't really think that we need to talk for an hour and a half about drag queens. So I'm happy that we're doing it this morning. Yeah, because then I have to process the show, and then uh, it's a whole thing. And and then I was so I was just like, you know what? We'll just wait till the morning. But anyway, to answer your question, I'm doing just fine. I will say uh, I had an awkward conversation with my parents uh, uh, today. Uh, I lent them. You know what a sous vide circulator is, J. Ellis. Yes, I do. Okay, well, for those of you... Because of you. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, you told me what it is. I had no idea. I don't cook. I burn everything. So, uh, sick burns that you give with your your sick reads (laughs) that you do on people. But... That's right. (laughs) But... (laughs) So stupid. uh, A a sous vide circulator is like a... It's a long uh, cylindrical uh, machine that keeps the water moving at a precise temperature. And you can use it to cook food and whatnot. My parents had a party, so they wanted to use it. And so they lent it to me, and my mom was telling me that she had the sous vide circulator, and she was letting it dry out. Otherwise, she goes, I'm afraid it might get, like, a musty smell if, if it doesn't dry out. And I just – I don't know if I wasn't thinking or what. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I do that with my flashlight. And then she, <laughs> luckily, it sounds like flashlight. And my dad goes, what are you talking about, the flashlight? And I go – and I was so qu- – I've never been so proud of how quick I am where I was like <laughs> – Oh, I dropped this flashlight in water and I put it in some rice and then it dried it out and it worked again. And I was just, that's what I was talking about. And then they just moved on. As I would like to right now. Well, why would you like to move on? Why is this, is a flashlight uncomfortable for you, Dan? I actually don't, I uh, don't know. Do like juices stay in? I don't know how they work, really. I can tell you how they work. So what happens (laughs) is once you finish your business, you have to rinse it out. You know, uh-huh. and it rinses out very easily. You know, you just put it over a faucet and, you know, it's like a, it's like an automatic douche. It's the easiest douche of all time, right? Okay. Which was my nickname in college. And 
<laughs> and uh <laughs> but then it's you know because it, it, it is like a a silicone item or i don't know what it is you know and so it, if you don't let it dry out it lands up smelling like the pirates of the caribbean the next time oh no it, yeah, that's yeah, awful yeah. yeah you know the pirates of the caribbean smells like that weird like yeah, of course still, they do yeah that's not good yeah so you have to let that thing dry out but that's the embarrassing thing is like now you have this like basically like a silicone asshole just hanging in your house drying out so that <laughs> can't uh, you can't you put like flowers or something into it so it gets like double use so like while it's drying out you could just put something like floral no, or some kind of beautiful no, arrangement no, no. i'll tell you why because you actually can't even really dry it in it, it comes apart there's two but there's the there's the plastic flashlight looking element to it right but then there's like yeah. a, a um like again, like, I think it's like I don't know what it's made. Of. I'm saying silicone. I don't know what it's made of. The soft, fleshy part, the flesh of the light, if you will, and that one has to come out. And like it, it's like it's basically it looks like a big giant. Like a you would use it as a model for sperm in uh, a science class. It's like and it's super like rubbery and like like slippery. And so you have to let that like it's it's a whole pro. That's what that, look. I will say this: it's an amazing invention. Okay, but mm-hmm. the all the care that it takes. To prepare it and then use it and then clean it. It's like, ugh. Like, in fact, the fleshlight is in storage. I have two things in storage that I will never take out. The fleshlight and my ventriloquist dummy from when I was 12. It's literally, <laughs> like, tied up with rope and in a lock Your, in your a dummy? That's kind of like kinky shit. <laughs> no, no. I'll tell you. Because I'm, oh. I'm telling you, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in the supernatural. But I'm, I don't want to take any chances. I'm super convinced the dummy will come to life and try and attack me. So I wrap it up. I tie it up. And then I put heavy things on it in a box. And then I seal the box. Wow. Joe, I didn't think when you when we started this, I didn't think that you're going to be able to sneak that fleshlight and add for the ventriloquist dummy in right in the first five minutes. But you did it. This, yeah, this <laughs> I'm is really why, shocked. This, this is the kind of, remember, I don't know if you know this, but we, we are going to start doing ads now. This is what this is the first example here of how I can just just effortlessly work in the product mentions. Uh, I was just laying on my Casper mattress wondering how you're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Oh, what's your sleep number, Jay? Do you happen to know your sleep number? <laughs> I'm always at a 10. So I don't know what the numbers are. Okay, anyway. I don't know what the numbers are either, but I, I'm always amused by this. Because this Larry Flick on Sirius XM Radio, uh, yeah. Entertainment Weekly Radio, Channel 105, 101 with Larry Flick, when he, when he talks about um, the sleep number, first of all, he always plays this weird music. Like it, it, so it already kind of adds to it, you know, to, the, to the whole um, the ambiance of the whole thing. Okay. But then yeah. he's like... When he when he's talking, so like it, the, the music will start and it'll be like, "Hey everyone, it's Larry Flick here. <laughs> Do you ever uh, want to get in your sleep number bed? I love my sleep number bed. When I'm sitting in this sleep number bed and I just sit at a certain number, I like the number eleven. What about you, Jay? What number do you like? I guess I'm an eight. <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, and is your bed thick? And I'm like, I mean, I'm always like, Larry, what the fuck? Do you want to fuck the bed? Like, that, that, it's like he gets very like we. It's, it's bizarre, but he did. But he doesn't do that with any other product on uh, Sirius. It's just a sleep number. But he he's so excited by the sleep number bed. And I mean, yeah, he's doing his way, job. And I will say, when I talked about him, when I, it, it could be real life. You know, it could be real life. And I'll be like, not on the air. And I'll be like, Larry, what's up? Do you really like a sleep number bed? And he's like, girl. 
let me tell you. You just get in this sleep number bed. If you set your number. But then he like talked about like real like sleep positions. Like he's like, are you a side sleeper? Or do you sleep on your stomach? The sleep number bed, they don't you don't have to worry about pressure points. Are you used to tossing and turning in bed? Not with that sleep number bed. You just set your number at the right number and you just you don't even have to count even count to three sheep. You're ready to keep asleep. That sleep number bed. Make, 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 Joe, make sure to mention my name, Larry, for a very dreamy discount. And I was like, you know, Larry, we're not on the air. It's always it's always super weird. <laughs> I wonder how much of it was like a, a read for him, like how much he actually has to say versus how much he's like really into this product. I think he really, I've actually, written, I'm, I, I was being funny there. I've actually really talked to him and he said, no, because they gave, they gave him a bet. He really, oh, cool. really, really, really loves the product. He well, really, you sold. can tell. Yeah. Uh, There's our last read. God, we got through all the ads in a I, matter of. 10 minutes. It's amazing. I didn't want to tell you this. I booked two to three other reads. We still have to do Squarespace. Uh-huh. And Blue Apron. Oh, well, we'll squeeze those in later. Oh, damn it. We should have talked about it, about your sous vide instead of the flashlight. Oh, well. Oh, you're talking about the Anova sous vide circulator that you can get at the Amazon.com wishlist? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a great <laughs> sous vide circulator. It will cook the meat to the right temperature, Jay. And um, mm-hmm. do, do you eat meat, Jay? Oh, you don't eat meat, correct? Uh, Only... God, this is so annoying. Only chicken and some fish. But I'm going to tell you, what is the problem with boneless, skinless chicken breast? It's never tender enough? No, it... it, it what, what am I supposed to say? Well, no, it, 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 it dries out, right? Oh, right. It, it dries yep. out very easily. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> with this sous vide circulator, it's the juiciest, fucking plumpest fucking most flavorful delectable chicken breast you've ever just put in your mouth you, you set the number you put it on its side to sleep and it's cooked <laughs> yeah, <you> put it. <laughs> sous vide that's my hooker name <laughs> it actually would not be a bad name someone told me a good drag name the other day when i mentioned that they filmed the show in simi valley they're like oh is that a drag name i'm all Simi Valley would not be a bad drag name. Yeah, I, there's a lot that work. Yeah, see, see, yeah, see me Valley. I like that one. <clears throat> this week, the library is open for the reading mini challenge, and the girls get their impressions ready for another edition of the Snatch Game. Monet redeems the soul of Maya Angelou. Eureka drinks her go-go juice as Honey Boo Boo, but it was Aquaria who trumped the competition as the first lady. Monique Hart sank as Maxine Waters, the vixen failed to impress as Blue Ivy, and Asia fell flat as Beyonce. In the end, the vixen and Monique Hart were pitted against each other in a lip-sync battle for their lives. After all was sung and done, the vixen lived to see another day while Monique Hart was asked... To sashay away, Jay Ellis named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Okay, so one major thing that I really liked about this episode, um, the reading is fun and it happens every season, but I really like that Eureka had the foresight to, during her reads at the very end, this is like a very specific moment, she said, and I'm looking forward to like hearing you all make fun of my weight, 
because I thought it was so smart of her just to kind of let any kind of air yeah. out of any of their jokes that they were going to be saying because she knew what was going to be coming. Brilliant. And it's just an easy read. And I thought it was very smart of her. Super, super, super smart. You're right. I agree with that. What else? So I love that. Um, the second thing I loved is Cut to the Feeling by Carly Rae Jepsen is an ultimate favorite song of mine. Like mm-hmm. anything Carly Rae Jepsen, if you guys don't know the 2015 uh album emotion the audience for this show is (laughs) i don't know if you guys ever heard of carly ray jepson but uh, i I know but you know what's so people like slept on carly ray and they just don't give her everybody thinks of her as like the call me maybe girl but you've just got to listen to emotion what was her sleep number (laughs) i think she's a 14 (laughs) um i don't i don't i wouldn't know uh anyway i mean cut to the feeling i when i heard the doom 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 at the lip sync i squealed i was happy because anytime i get to hear a song that i actually like and know it's so exciting um the actual lip sync itself was a different story um but the thing i did not like is the tomfoolery that was the snatch game i thought it was kind of scattered and i thought rue kind of should have reined it in a little bit it reminded me of season four a little bit where there was kind of a lot of mischief going on not a part of the actual snatch game don't insult season four like that and i'll tell you why okay I agree with you. The Snatch Game, it, it, it's funny because I think on last night's episode, I was hesitating to say certain things because I wanted to sit on it more. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, my sit number is a four. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I was actually talking, I was actually talking with Sirius XM Radio's uh, Larry Flick today about the problem with the Snatch Game is, and, and season four is a good example to where I'll disagree with you, is if it's going to be a, a a, a train wreck of a snatch game that's that could be just as good as a really good snatch game so as as you know you have the wonder of that is alaska as um may west but mm-hmm. then on the other end i would say kenya michaels with that crazy ass beyonce is just as entertaining to me yeah like <laughs> it was horrible and <laughs> she should have gone home but i remember when yeah. she like fell out of the chair and she was farting <laughs> <laughs> you, that is true i guess what i guess what i'm thinking is when the responses i guess rook can't really control this but if the responses aren't good i would expect rue to have some kind of witty like blue ivy i wouldn't if i were you like just mm-hmm. like if she saw that blue ivy or beyond or um i guess asia or the vixen were about to start up like chiming in i would think rue would just instead of letting them flounder i would kind of think she, ooh, there is a pun right there for under the seat yeah. um she would just kind of step in and try to maybe help them a little bit i just didn't there was a lot of things that fell flat for me this snatch game uh no i completely agree with you i wonder now just to get into the editing thing and by the way for those fucking assholes out there who are like oh i hate when joe talks about the editing they fucking edit the show the way it is i was thinking about this today because it was pretty egregious today where the where what do they call the outros to into the commercial i'm sure they have a technical name but where they show you what's coming up next you know, and and RuPaul's Drag Race, that's true for all reality shows. They're literally lies. I mean, what they show you going into the commercial is yeah. a lie <laughs> that when you come back from the commercial, nothing like that happens. So, like, when you see the power of editing, you see it every fucking day, four times, five times an episode when they lie to you about what's coming. Because I was thinking about it with this episode when they show the Vixen go, like, you hear me, Eureka? And she goes, yeah, I hear you. And then the girls go, ooh. <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. And that's not what happened at all when they came back from the break. Right. Anyway. It's almost like, do they think that we're not – like, that's where we're going to stop the episode and be like, well, I guess they got in a fight. 
there's no reason to keep watching. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like Well, I guess the show's done. They got in a fight. <laughs> anyway. I, you know, it's funny. I would understand if that were, like, on coming up on next week, like, yeah. if they really wanted mm-hmm. to hook you in, and then yeah. they kind of scattered the editing a little bit, but it's yeah. like, it's going to happen in five minutes. Like, you guys yeah. can't lie. Yeah. I don't know why they do. We're going we're gonna to be here. We're, we're sticking around. Yeah, we're going to see this. Anyway. All that really shows, though, is the power of editing, like, how they can manipulate so much in a reality show, but it still makes for a good show. You know what's so funny, just because we're on this topic, is... Uh, you know, I went on the internet to see what everyone on the Reddit universe was saying about the episode, and they were talking about the preview for next week, which is, if you haven't, spoiler alert, if you're, you're on the wrong show if you don't like spoilers right now, because we're talking about last night's show, but, um, you know, they show that video, that video message, that's all I'll say, and mm-hmm. then they're like, well, these girls better not mess around, because the show's going to take it seriously since they got a, a video message from Cher, and I was like, first of all, that was so obviously Chad Michaels. Who right. was dressed as like um, turn back time era Cher? Well, do they think <laughs> that's what Cher still looks like? And then she's <laughs> dressing up in that gear to make a video message for RuPaul. Yeah, she's like, "I'll do it, but only if I can wear that turn back time outfit." <laughs> and then she goes like, "Hello, ladies, ho!" You know, like, that's what <laughs> yeah, turns it all the way up. I wonder what the share number is on that impression. Yeah, yeah there's a. <laughs> I know it's got. I was like, "Oh, Chad Michaels." I mean, okay, yeah, welcome me, back. Yeah, do they watch the show? And, and no one corrected these people. Anyway. Back to what you were saying with RuPaul is I almost wonder if she gives them the response so that they can shape the edit any way they want. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see that. And they could make people look good or look bad depending on what the editors want to do. So she gives I mean, like, zero she, and response. And Ru knows this show. She knows how to – she knows exactly how to hold her face and all that kind of stuff throughout the challenges and that kind of thing. But then she does I did genuinely like, laugh when she – Oh, sorry. I, actually, I want to ask you what were two things that you liked and what's one thing you didn't? Well, you didn't tell me what you didn't like. I, did, I said overall the snatch game. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it was yeah, just yeah, kind yeah, of the, yeah. the 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 jokes didn't really land for me. Yeah, on the yeah, snatch yeah. Game. Two things that I liked. Uh, you know what? I rewatched the episode. I already kind of gave an answer to this. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. Um, I really, really. Oh, I mentioned this at the top of the show. I felt the puns for the first time, and I hate the puns. Were mm-hmm. on point. You know, uh, I was hooked from the very first oh, one. Yeah, uh-huh. and. Uh, and so we should, you know what, we'll have, you know what, what's the name of that uh, song that they play? Is it, is it called Snapshot? What are you, what, for what? I don't know the reference. Yeah, I got it. Here we go. First up. Oh, that one. Yeah. Aquaria. Ooh, wait, what was it? Tuna casserole on a platter. I feel they said that one. Didn't they? I can't remember all. They had a, a million of them that were really fun. Well, we'll have to work, work on that. We'll come back. It's going to be a challenge for us to do our shitty puns to the song. Were you hearing the music, by the way? Yeah, uh, yeah I could hear it. Oh, okay, because you just ignore it. And you you ignored oh. when I played the Carly Rae Jepsen song. And you're like, hmm, whatever. Oh, and, I didn't hear that one at all. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, anyway. I would have I would have just That's gay gasped. That's why you were, were <laughs> Um Also, I liked Bianca Del Rio... Yeah, coming in the workroom, and I'm going to tell you something. I feel now. I'm not saying that they did this on purpose or whatever. I've often said people are like, "Well, what if RuPaul stops doing the show?" And I'm all like, mm-hmm. "Bianca could do it." 
And I thought this was a good preview if that ever happened. They, they should just bring her on. I kind of feel RuPaul should just back off from doing the table visits. You know? That would be something interesting. And you, you mean just have Bianca fill that void? You know, actually, to be honest with you, you know who I do would be great at that in that void? Would be Ross. Yeah, I agree. I think Ross should be the Although sometimes Ross's I, I sometimes don't agree with Ross's direction. So I don't know. Honestly, I think that once people go into that competition, they're kind of set with what they're going to do. Cause I didn't, the only one who we really saw change was Asia from Whitney to Beyonce mm-hmm. just because of Rue. Well, not even because of Rue's questioning the questions, I guess, but instead of her saying like be a destiny's child person, I guess Asia switched, but I don't know how much Ross would really sway the, the queens into changing any of their their decisions but then yeah how about you think you made it we brought up a good point how effective is rue i mean rue drops these hints and they don't pick them up it's true i know I, it, but it's kind of like what i said i think once you're in that competition i think you're kind of set with what you're going to do but that's but this let me make the argument here that's why ross would be better the argument you're making is why ross would be better i'll tell you why i think because rue is the judge and decides in theory who sachets and who chantays she mm-hmm. doesn't want to tip her hand too much on what she's thinking. Where Ross could directly say, if you do that, I think Rue and Michelle might say this. That's a good point. And I mean, it's kind of, we see that in other formats where, I mean, I haven't watched some of these shows in a while, but Tyra Banks is rarely the deciding factor. Like, I think she had Jay Manuel as her photo guy mm-hmm. in Project Runway. We see Tim Gunn as like the, the one who's guiding yeah. them. Mm-hmm. instead of Heidi Klum. So, yeah, I could see that would be like a, a beneficial format change. Yeah. So, uh, so those are the two things I liked. The one thing I did not like, I think I'm with you. I didn't I didn't I didn't like I I didn't like either the snatch game or the reading challenge. Not that they, not that they were horrible, but almost like that almost like that Kenya Michaels example I used is sometimes mm-hmm. when the snatch game or the reading challenge are horrible, then you there's something fun about that, almost like a so good they're so bad they're good kind of thing. Where yeah. they were just like lukewarm. They were just sort of which is also my another one of my drag names. And oh, I have a text last night with somebody saying that lukewarm was a possible contender for a name. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's fun. So uh I um they're just they're just there. They're just like tepid. You know? And yeah. uh, and 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 the reading challenge I thought was just sort of. Meh. I, I, I let's, no. get, let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, okay. After Blair's elimination, the girls enter the workroom to get out of drag. The the vixen is glad to live to see another day. Eureka gives the vixen some advice about being a role model, and Monique talks about how poor Monique is. My issue coming in is money. My look probably wasn't the strongest. Was it probably the most creative? Maybe with the materials that I had and making a costume literally in 30 minutes. That was a hard stop there because then they go into Monet talking shit on um, Monique. But, you know, I'm actually mm-hmm. going to stop there because I actually have a lot more to say now about this. So there wasn't a discussion point in the script, but I'm going to stop here and do a discussion point. Because okay. what was your take on now that we know Monique has been eliminated, now that we know that this is sort of what they were setting up with the show, what was your take on Monique's whole I'm poor my outfit storyline it was really hard to hear because now that she's eliminated and I mean I feel like they were just giving us this information to make us cheer for her more and be like oh there's my queen who doesn't have the the funds or the means to like make this drag career happen Mm -hmm. and so now I'm like rooting for her full force and then Mm -hmm. they get rid of her it was it was really hard to 
introduce that story so late into the game. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite queens have come in with like Chi Chi is one from season mm-hmm. eight that I love. And I know that she was kind of doing drag on a budget mm-hmm. and you would see her in the workroom uh, sewing and hot gluing things together for the, for the panel. And granted, she didn't always look great, but at mm-hmm. least she threw something together yeah. and was able to like show a full look. Um, well, also I also feel she didn't wear I, that I either. Oh, I, I, I don't feel she wore that, that like, 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 I'm a poor person. Yeah, I mean, it was, but it was definitely part of her narrative. Like, we all knew that. Yeah, we her. knew it, but it wasn't, okay, sorry, go, keep going, I interrupted you. Oh, okay, no, it's okay. Um, So with Vixen, it's just kind of hard to watch somebody who's, like, sewing and doing the work and then have them eliminated. So that was kind of hard, hard to watch. Um, going back to the Vixen, actually, so, you know, I rewatched the episode this morning and watching the Vixen's interaction with Eureka was very mm-hmm. frustrating because, and this is obviously something I'll get and we'll talk about more in depth when we get to the relevant part, but I do sort of feel like the Vixen shot her career in the foot. Like, I, I feel it was already kind of teetering. And then I think today to me was the final nail in the coffin. And, yeah. um, one of the things she said, and maybe this is true, maybe not, but was that she she lives in this universe where she believes everyone – she's hyper aware. I've never seen the show acknowledge this so much. She's hyper aware of the world outside of Drag Race, which you rarely see mentioned on the show, but it's come up several times with the Vixen. And she's hyper aware of the universe outside of Drag Race, and she seems to believe that people will look up to her for standing up the way that she has. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, this conversation with Eureka here, that, that the girls will – that young people who – look up to her will will admire her for being sort of the the bear yeah it's hard for me i mean we kind of dabbled in this on the patreon show and it's really hard for me to speak about some of the issues that the vixen brings up because i am um a kind of the the i don't know what the best way to put this is you're white. I feel like I put it, but here, I'm white. But no, but here, this is why it's safe, this episode. This is where she left herself open. You see, as a person of color, I'll step in and, and, and talk for you here. Yes, I'm not an African-American, but I can, as a person of color, uh, who I feel in some ways uh, get some racist shade here and there, is I will say that she was able, and, and, and she did a good job of it, to wear the cloak of carrying the the racial banner before and so Mm -hmm. she was protected in that force field but today's episode this is why this was the nail in the coffin she left herself open because she did it wasn't about race this episode today's episode was purely 100 percent hubris and envy and jealousy and that's why she didn't unwisely if you're looking at strategy wise did not wrap herself in the cloak of race and therefore i think if you limit it to this episode you can talk about it because i don't think it really came up it did at the during the elimination day mere moments but not in in terms of why she was angry yeah um and also i think that it's part of a branding thing too for the poke the bear i think she's really trying to make that her her name mm-hmm. or like that's her namesake from when she leaves the show mm-hmm. that people will know as like poke the bear. And I, this is kind of what I was saying on Patreon. Now I remember is that uh, if you don't want them to give you that edit as the angry villain, you don't give them that footage to like Cameron, I think is playing it where I'm not going to give you anything to make me look one way or, no- or another, but you just have to know how the show works by this point. And if you don't want them to give you that edit, you don't give them that, that material. We should acknowledge here that you are a sound alike for Cameron Michaels. Mm-hmm. They should have you come in and do ADR for him. 
<laughs> yeah, just like <laughs> that, they, if they only would have known, voice. yeah, because you know he didn't say anything. They could have just done like uh, his his boring uh, confessional uh, footage and have you come and go like. Today was great in the workroom. I loved hearing the vixen and Eureka fight. (laughs) My mom just left me at a supermarket, and then, uh, and then uh, I'm also trans. (laughs) Right. Give myself all the yeah. Give all all the storylines. I'm a trans HIV positive girl who was left at a supermarket, and uh, I don't even want to go to Blair's storyline. Never mind. (laughs) And whatever happened? And whatever happened to Pearl? <laughs> that, that and and big question mark that is Pearl storyline. <laughs> yeah, that, that poor, whatever Pearl didn't want to talk about, that's me too. Yeah. Goodbye. Hi, it's me, Karen Michaels. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, we're going to get really into the Vixen. This is the worst place to talk about the Vixen. This is just, but I felt this was like a little bit of a teaser that the editors dropped in. Like this is going to become important. Right. All right. The next day, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. Ladies, as the Department of Education continues to make deep budget cuts, we are doubling down to our commitment to teach the children how to read. (laughs) The Lord Rowry is officially all power. Because reading is what? Fundamentals. That's right. The two strongest reads came from Monet and Eureka. Cameron Michaels, I don't really have a read for you. Please just f- me. <laughs> Please just f- me. Do you think that's a good read? It was. It, it took me by surprise. It was funny, but it's not a read. All right, here we go. Aquaria, I love your confidence. You're always telling yourself how you're beautiful, how you're talented, how you're going to win. You're also a pathological liar. (laughs) Meh. Remember, she won. The Vixen. Do you have a housekeeper, girl? Your kitchen is a mess. Oh, wait, I'm glad I'm stopping here. What does that mean? I was hoping you would know. I was, I didn't, I've heard grill before and that, but I'm like, the Vixen doesn't have bad teeth, which is usually like a very easy target for the Queens to go to. I didn't understand the kitchen. That must be something I don't know. It could be face, but yeah, I actually think the Vixen is very attractive. I think she has a very pretty, beautiful face. I don't know. I don't know what that meant. Yeah. I I was unclear. (laughs) Thank you all so much. I can't wait to hear your reads about me being fat. (laughs) I feel that's the joke that won it for her. Asia O'Hara, you are the Amazon queen. You get your tights from Amazon. <laughs> you get some of your outfits from Amazon. And apparently they sell teeth too. <laughs> and Ms. Cracker, you coin yourself as thin, white, and salty. But you're forgetting bitter. Bitter that you are a New York City queen that had to f- Bob the drag queen to get to the top. <laughs> and that's Shay. That was a good joke. Yeah, it's but do you hear the the imbalance of how many we got to hear like Monet we got two and mm-hmm. and granted they were two strong ones uh but with Eureka I think we got four. But none of them were very strong. True. Yeah, it just makes me wonder. I I looked today to see if I could find the extended reads cuz sometimes there's some that are cut that I'm like, "Oh, why didn't that one make the show?" Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it just wasn't up yet that I could find anyway. Yeah. Uh, Eureka was named the winner of the challenge before RuPaul announced this week's Maxi Challenge. All right, ladies, time to show me how far you can stretch your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Because for this week's Maxi Challenge, we're playing the Snatch Game. 
and here's the thing now, and, and we should talk about this. They're all so excited about the snatch game, but yet then it's, it's like they never heard of the snatch game when they're doing it. <laughs> Why do you think that they're so excited by the snatch game? Well, I think like the viewers, the Queens know that snatch game is a huge benchmark in the competition where they're yes. like, okay, we have made it to a very significant part of the show. And this is in my opinion, where the competition really gets turned on its head and you start seeing really strong competitors come through. And this is where you can start really nailing down who's going to be top four, top three, maybe. Um, so I think that it's just that name recognition of it's almost like the midway point of mm-hmm. being, okay, I've, I've officially made it where my quote, my asking price is going to get taller or higher uh, because I'm a, a queen on the snatch game. You're right. And also I feel like these clips like snatch game lives on YouTube forever. If you're a part of this and if you do one funny thing that stands out, you're going to be known. You're going to have like that moment that people will remember you for. So I think that they're all excited that they've made it this far. Yes. I think that, that does that I, make sense. Yeah, no, it does. I, I agree with you about the benchmark and that was sort of the answer I was going to give. If you didn't have an answer, it, oh, it, it, okay. no, 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 no. I'm glad. But, but then you elaborated, which I really like, which I never thought about the fact that their quote goes up. The well, amount of I mean, money, don't you think that all, can't, you can uh, even me who I know like Evan is like the it was one of the many people in drag history who can name every lip sync like they know everything about the show. But even I can go through every season and probably name the queens who were a part of the Snatch Game panel. Just be, like those are the ones that you remember. OK, last season. No, don't do that. Wait, you <laughs> don't joke said, about that. <laughs> you just well, said uh, right now. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you right now. Hold on for a second. Uh, Are you talking All-Stars? Do you want All-Stars 3 or do you want Season 9? Hold on for a second. Don't joke about that. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 that that uh, thing sticks out to me so much because I love that saying. when You you were playing a clip of something and that was one of um, the ones that sticks out in my head. <laughs> I'm not seeing that right. You were playing a clip, like a long clip one time with Taylor, and then you just kept hitting the Sasha Velour, like, don't joke about that. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. It was really funny. Um Okay. So wait, what were we talking about right now? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, the benchmark. How, yeah, the, the how, how important season or how important the snatch game is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're right. This is that's why they're excited. You, you. I think you. Yes, it is a benchmark. Yes, this is where the competition heats up. But it is also sort of like a way of the show acknowledging. All right, you've made it to this elite group of people. But you're right. It, it's 100. percent Their quote goes up. They have now made it to yeah. like. Because if you think about, I think here's what I think you're saying. Here's what I think you're saying. And I think this is where I would agree with you. I think I'll say what you're going to say in a different way. Okay. I have trouble remembering if you if the it's such a benchmark in every episode. You can tell me or you can ask me in each season who were the queens that went home in what order and who were the queens that are after Snatch Game. Whereas I have more trouble remembering the ones who left before Snatch Game. Exactly. That's that's a good way to interpret what I was saying. Yes. Yeah. So, and but you, you but you there is I do remember the ones who who were who were on Snatch Game and after. And so, uh, yeah, it is an important benchmark. Uh, that is a great way of putting it. But let's go back into the workroom. Cameron revealed he was playing the wrestler China. Could you say I'm playing China? <laughs> I'm going to be playing China. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the Vixen announced she was performing at Blue Ivy. Later, RuPaul entered the workroom for some table visits and brought along a special guest. 
Hey, kitty girls, we've got company. Bianca Del Rio is here to lead us all in a peaceful group meditation. Baloney. I'm here to Don't say everything hateful that. that RuPaul won't. <laughs> I fucked it up there. I fucked up that joke. I, I, didn't, I thought she just said baloney. Because you know what? It's that fucking lie of the, the outro from the preview. They just said her. They go, look, it's, it's, Ru, it's Bianca. And she goes, baloney. You know? And I was yeah. like, oh, God. <laughs> Right. I I have to agree with the thing that you said at the top of the show where anytime I can see Bianca in the context of this show, I'm so happy. And Bianca is my favorite winner. I think that she's just done the most with her career after the show um, Mm -hmm. that I've I've noticed anyway. And I just I was happy to have her back in the workroom. And like you said, she did a great job doing the table visits. I could easily see her taking that position if she wanted it. You know what's so funny is I was thinking about this when I was rewatching the show. She says, I'm going to say all the mean things that RuPaul won't say. Meanwhile, RuPaul says these horrible things. And she goes <laughs> like, uh, that's good. I think it's a good idea. And she's like super well, nice. <laughs> yeah. Bianca is like a – it's a trick with Bianca because yeah. she has the ability to just tell you what it, how it is and then – but just make it a matter of fact. And I've mm-hmm. heard just from sources like she is one of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. Yeah, I've had I know people who work with her, and they said she's also just very professional. She's on it. Like you ask her, I've no, I've worked with people who've worked with her, like not on drag race related stuff. So they've mm-hmm. had her on like some sort of show where she had to prepare lines or she had to be prepared, and she was on it, showed up on time, had her lines ready, was ready to go, and they just they they loved her. Well, what's funny is yeah. they refer to her as Roy. They're like, it's weird for us to think of Bianca, you know, to, to right. us. It's Roy. Yeah. yeah. Um. There was a part oh, – let's, let's go to the table visits. During the table visits with Bianca, Eureka made a final decision on Honey Boo Boo, and Asia O'Hara changed her mind from Whitney Houston to Beyonce, correct? Yeah. But it mm-hmm. was Monique Hart who made a critical decision to play Maxine Waters. So if I asked you a question, can you answer me back as yes. Maxine Waters? Yes. Madam Congresswoman, what is on the lunch menu for today? On the lunch menu today, Rue, we're having greens, beans, tomatoes, yams, collard greens, you name it, and I have it. Elsewhere in the workroom, Aquaria explained her decision to portray First Lady Melania Trump. You know, I don't consider myself funny, but I think my humor comes from a very confused place in my brain. (laughs) I don't get my words right. I don't form sentences very well. Well, it works for our president. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm trying to play that up with Melania. All right, uh, Jay Ellis, your thoughts on uh, the table visits? We, you know, we saw again. We saw your. Let's, let's go. Let's go through it. Eureka was deciding between Divine and Honey Boo Boo. What were your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? Well, a little inside scoop is that Eureka had planned to do Honey Boo Boo when she was on season nine. Mm-hmm. Um, she confirmed that. I saw her last year at DragCon, and that was who she was going to go with. Um, last year. So I think she knew that character and she knew what she was going to do with it. So I thought it was smart of her to keep that. Mm -hmm. And also I'm kind of happy looking at her runway that she did not go with divine because I got a huge divine vibe from her, from just her runway. So I feel like she kind of accomplished both in one week without doing both characters. Very good point. Yeah. Um, That's, I mean, that was all the inside tea I had about (laughs) Eureka, but what'd you think? Uh, I thought it was, I, I almost kind of feel like it was not real. Like she always knew she was going to do Honey Boo Boo, but then maybe put it up as a false flag just to sort of gauge Rue and Bianca's interest in, like, in other words, if she said Divine and then they were like, yes, 
that maybe mm-hmm. she would have gone with that, but maybe always knew she. In other words, it, it, it almost on the opposite of Asia. Yeah, on the opposite of Asia, who I think <laughs> what that's a fish, right? Oh yeah. Wait, wait, hold on for sorry. We'll let's try it again. Here we go. Uh, so I'll, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think Eureka was just putting up, I don't know, like a fake, I don't know, something to distract RuPaul. Joe, would you call that a red herring? <laughs> oh! <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, <laughs> I hope I didn't peek right there. I feel like my levels just went crazy when I did the Michelle Visage laugh. Well, that's why we have a thing called Levelator that just fixes all of that, JLS. So, um, so then, uh, so yeah, so but with on the opposite end with Asia O'Hara is, I feel she wants she was like I'm doing Whitney, and then RuPaul was mm-hmm. like, mm, which you know what's so funny? I was thinking about this again. Is RuPaul's like, we don't want to go near the drug stuff, right? And then Bianca like shakes her head. I'm like, bitch, you would say the nastiest shit in your show about Whitney Houston like dying in a bathtub and drowning. Like, have you ever seen yeah. Bianca wouldn't hold back and be like, I'm not gonna go do drug stuff? I almost think that Rue is very aware of the audience being so young mm-hmm. and that her name's like tied to the show, so she doesn't want it to be a headline. Um, with her being like another problem, problematic thing with the show. So I think that was kind of where that where no, that switch came from. I get where that came. I get where, where, where Ru as the producer, RuPaul Charles oh, is saying, right. you're saying Bianca. Are not okay, yeah, I get what you're but saying. Bianca's like shaking her head in agreement with Ru. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm sure you say horrible things about Whitney Houston in your act every night. What are you talking about? That is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So right. She's like, yeah, don't, you don't want to go near the drug thing. I'm like, what? But, <laughs> um, but you know what I do feel though? I wonder if, and they didn't go there. You see, Ru went with on the very on the nose powdered sugar which was my mm-hmm. drag name and but i almost wonder if and maybe asia doesn't have these skills but if asia could have done a pulled back wink wink drug thing and whitney but even whitney i'm sorry to me to interrupt you even whitney without the drug thing though would have been better than beyonce because you could have done maya rudolph as whitney Hmm. yeah where it's very implied and it's never said. Yeah, and it's just like saying, you know, I, I, to, to credit Larry Flick, he made this joke earlier. Like, she just kept saying Bobby Christina over and over again and doing the head shake, you know. Right. Yeah, and there was there was a – they had a reality show where if, I didn't watch it, but if you were well-versed enough to know some, like, catchphrases or some things that were mm-hmm. very popular of what she said, mm-hmm. I think that would have worked. But I think that's in the, the hands of a very skilled comedian. They could ride that line and make it very funny. Yeah. And then, and then she did the Beyonce, which is that should just be the kiss of death. Ugh. Don't do Beyonce. I, I almost think pop stars in general tend to be. You think of them as like these lavish people, but we've seen Kesha flounder. <laughs> um, we've seen Britney Spears done twice, and it's been like safe and fine. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I mean, Tatiana's Britney was good. Um, I don't know. I just think that there's so many women. I, I, I do have a question about Monique Hart when we get there, but there's so many women in the world that it's just so crazy that we've seen Beyonce a couple times, Britney a couple times. Like there's, it's just confusing. Well, the thing with Britney, unlike most pop stars, if you think about it, 
what do we really, and this is probably why they're so universally beloved and we can project what we believe on them, but how much do we know really about Beyonce or Kylie Minogue or uh, Carly Rae Jepsen or Gaga? How much do you really know about their personality? It, right, because so much is a persona where yeah. they're putting on stage or when they're at talk shows, they're not really divulging much besides their details about their new album or their show. Yeah. But whereas, so it's kind of hard. Yeah, but whereas Britney and Cher and um, and uh, who's the one that uh, – the what's her name from season seven? Chad Michaels. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. No, what's the one from season seven? Ginger Minj. Adele. Uh, Adele. Adele. Like, they, they, you get more of a personality from them than mm-hmm. the other ones because – it almost is like, you know, there's a difference between, like, uh, actors and movie stars, you know? And yeah. uh, I'm going on a weird tangent here, but where I think a movie star, you can project more onto them. Where then you have certain people where, like, uh, uh, that's why you can do a great Jack Nicholson. Because Jack Nicholson's just Jack Nicholson in every fucking movie. Right. You know? So, whereas, it, how would you do an impression? I'm going to do my impression of t- Tom Skerritt. You know, or like, or Gary Oldman. Do your Gary Oldman impression. You're like, no, he's like such a good actor that like he just sort of loses himself. And you can pre- he can project onto that character. I'm, this is a long way to go for this. But the point I'm making is don't do pop stars like you said. Good point, Jay Ellis. Let's talk about Monique Hart. Uh, what did you want to say about her? So one of her characters that she was going between was Cookie Lion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which... That's a fictional character, and I thought was out of bounds for Snatch Game. Well, they've done it before, and what they do, it's a weird thing, is where then what they would have done is they would have had her playing Taraji P. Henson. But then it's Taraji P. Henson playing... If you think about it, that's what Ben did with um, Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith doesn't dress like that or act like that in real life, but that's what she played. That's a good point. Yeah, they they, okay. they do a work around Yeah, I, I was just confused because I'm like, are we opening up to fictional characters now? But you're right, Ben did do Maggie Smith in Downton Abbey. Yeah, and there, there's like there was there was no calls about Harry Potter or like Sister Act or anything else, right? No. Okay. Uh, th- but then they they've done it with someone else. So what they'll do is like you're playing that act- actress, uh, and it seems like they're just bending the rules more and more because you couldn't play men for a while, and now you can play mm-hmm. men. Paul Lynn was there. Paul Lynn and yeah, uh, Kennedy played um, Little, Little Richard. Little, yeah. So uh, it seems like you, as long as you play some sort of like gender bending gayish man, you can do that. So it, it, it I guess it really depends. Uh, but yeah, that is a good point about they, but because she said Cookie Lions, and you're right. Then they, they changed it. Yeah. And they didn't really correct it to uh, like her saying Taraji P. Henson, which then I would have been like, oh, yeah, if you're going to play Taraji P. Henson and be Cookie Lion, then that's a whole nother thing. But um, I just heard Cookie Lion. I was like, well, wait a minute, because I always thought like fictional characters would be really fun, but it's that would just open up the whole universe to possibilities. But once again, going what you were saying is Bianca goes, I don't know who Cookie Lion is or I, I don't really know that much about him. Like, I don't I don't watch Empire. Is Empire still in the air? I think so. Yeah. I saw an ad for it the other day. Okay. But you could do uh, – that would have still been safe if she would have done Cookie. She mm-hmm. would have been here this week. Well, no. She would have been here this week if she learned the fucking words of the song because they, they basically handed that fucking tuna fish on a platter. Uh, hold on for a second. Hold. <laughs> Long way to go for this joke. They basically handed her that tuna fish on a platter for that one. Anyway, um, so 
So uh, anyway, we'll get to that. Where I'm going, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I think it, it, it's so tricky to play a Maxine Waters unless you fucking know Maxine Waters. Mm-hmm. And like, I know policies. Like, political is a good way to go because I know Rue is very into politics. And I mean, in the news now, it's almost like soap opera. So it is something that you could really play up. But you're right; you have to just know that char- that person. Well, you know where Monique got too into her head, and you've been through the groundlings. You know this is. Not that this isn't probably really Groundlings rules, but is she should Monique already has been one of the major narrators for this season. Mm-hmm. And that's something we're losing when we lose her, and we'll get to that too. But is she already has the snappy comeback lines, you know? And the black girl magic to quote the show and other people to go along with it. So if she would have just put that through the lens of Maxine Waters, I think she could have done very well. I think she got too into her head playing Maxine Waters. If she would have just been sassy ass Monique Hart as an old, you know, auntie, then she would have been safe at least. I agree. I think it's the pressure of the actual game kind of ruins these people who are so quick in normal, regular life. They Mm -hmm. just think, oh, it's a show and it's pressure now. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of lose all abilities to to use their own wit. And then to add an extra layer of putting a character on top of it, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Go ahead. uh, Well, I think it was Kate Upton. Maybe I'll wait till I'll wait till judging for that. All right. It's time for the Snatch Game. Cameron was nearly invisible as China. Ms. Cracker never really delivered Dorothy Parker. That's another one. Monet Mm -hmm. finally delivered a funny Maya Angelou, and Eureka was a hoot as Honey Boo Boo. Meanwhile, the Vixen was awkward as Blue Ivy, and Beyonce, for the third time, was done wrong by Asia's painful portrayal. Boo Boo, do me a favor. Close your ears for a second. I said that she is a woman whose husband cheated on her and she wrote an entire album about it. And y'all all thought she was joking. And then I still made a whole bunch of money off of it. So it don't even matter. It's a match. Continue. Mama. I told you to close your ears. Oh, okay. I knew that was about you. Okay. All right. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, not a match. No. Bruce just not having it. On the positive side, Aquaria impressed as Melania Trump. The first lady of the United States of America, Melania Trump is here. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> now, RuPaul, I did bring you a gift. Oh, oh, is this from it's where I think it's from? Trinities. Trinities. <laughs> I love Trinities. Let's see what we got here. And there's a sign in the box that said, please help me or something. Yeah, oh. help me. <laughs> Oh, this is lovely. I hope it fits. (laughs) Thank you so much. First lady of the United States of America, Melania Trump. Melania. Melania, Melania, sorry. It's all right, Barack, no worries. (laughs) I went with uh, Russian hooker urine. (laughs) Russian hooker urine. It has a funny smell, but it has just the right kick. That's an unusual answer. What made you think of that? I don't know. My husband does the same thing, so I figured that the Snoop Dogg would probably love it. <laughs> Wait, are you hearing that? I'm going to go back a little bit. Listen very carefully, Jay. You have to listen very carefully. The okay. editors clearly had to do some work, but there's... This is what I think maybe Vixen is talking about. Or I, I can't tell who it is. but And this is this is prevalent in a lot of these Snatch Game clips. There's someone who's talking and doesn't shut the fuck up in the background. 
Okay. And so well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move it back just a little bit, just a tiny bit here. Listen, listen closely. Kick. That's an unusual answer. What made you think of that? I don't know. My husband does the same thing, so I figured that the Snoop Dogg would probably love it. <laughs> now, you still have a chance, darling. I said Lady Bunny is a wonderful entertainer, a humble queen, and she keeps the show going and is a handsome and smart gentleman. <laughs> Close? So close, but not a match, I'm afraid. Uh, any hole is a goal. Uh, anyway. I don't uh, know if I heard what you're talking about. Well, look, I have very special uh, ears. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's uh, the What's their number? I don't know what their number. Oh, oh you know what their, my, their ear? Um, seven. Okay. But Monique oh. Hart fell apart. I didn't even realize that. I didn't I didn't realize that rhymed. But Monique Hart fell apart as Maxine Waters, and that was not art. Oh, I just <laughs> pressed the wrong thing here. <laughs> Washington, D.C.'s HBIC, Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Hello, Rue. May I call you Auntie Maxine? You surely can. You got your impeach Trump there? Impeach Trump. The, he has to go. The Cheeto has to go. Say it with me. The Cheeto has to go. Okay. Let's go on over to Auntie Maxine. Did you hear about the new smartphone for drag queens? Instead of face recognition, it recognizes your... Tuck touch. Tuck touch. That's a very smart idea. I think you should patent that and maybe bring it up in Congress. I'll bring it up in Congress and then I'll bring it up at drag camp. At where? Where? Drag con. Max. But what's a tuck touch, do you know? No. I'm assuming that it's you, to unlock it, you have to put it between your crotch where your tuck is, if oh. that's tuck touch. Oh. Now, what district that's... are you in? The 43rd. Is that, is that Compton? <laughs> she laughed, but <laughs> Rue's being serious. I actually looked it up. It is like, I don't know if it's quite Compton, but it's definitely like Inglewood. It's right by the airport. Like mm-hmm. the, like South Bay. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah exactly. Actually, I think it is. It's probably Inglewood or something like that. It surely is. We, I, I am. <laughs> she realizes Ruth being serious. The 12th, one of the 12 <laughs> women that are in the Black Caucus were really involved in the Black community trying to raise us up. Okay, all right. So we're looking for death drop. All right, what do you have, Congresswoman? I have Honey Boo Boo eating President Cheeto. Okay, Honey Boo Boo eating President Cheeto. All right, I'm afraid that's not a match, Congresswoman. All right, that was awful. Let's talk about the, the three big ones, first of all, that we just played right now. Um, what did you think about Beyonce and Blue Ivy? Oof, that was a roof. <laughs> <laughs> they, they really shouldn't have... It, they shouldn't have de- depended on each other if they had nothing, no backstory to go off of, which, like, Beyonce being an abusively... Like, verbally abusive mother is real hard to, to have. <laughs> When we have no evidence of that. And if you are going to lean in Mm -hmm. so heavy into it, Mm -hmm. you just have to have like more of a storyline and have Blue Ivy on board where if she's, if the Vixen were to like snap into like being obedient after like hearing a word or something, then like it's almost like a hypnotism or just like have some kind of backstory where you two, if you are going to plan something, have it work. And I think half the point of Snatch Game is to see your quick wit, kind of like the improv challenge that we saw earlier in the season. And you're, you're really not supposed to come with so much planned, I don't think. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, no, you're, you're right. And but even though it did work for Aquaria, but you know what, you're right. But what I will say, though, is... The, the the problem they had well the problem they had they had big problems but one of them was hitching themselves to each other and you know it, I was thinking right now it may have worked enough for them to be safe had Vixen played Blue Ivy as like a sassy teenage girl mm-hmm. so if she was like a sassy teenage girl who was sort of sassing her mom back this is an old timey reference that I know you won't get but if but for our older people in the audience like if she played blue ivy as d from what's happening um do you have any idea what what's happening is are you asking me what what's yeah. happening no 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 <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking no, there was i've heard the name sit- i don't know the characters but i have heard of the show okay so let me see if there's any best of d but d was like this 13 or 14 year old girl on the show and she would sass her brother on what's happening it was it was about these young black kids um, let's see if we have it right here. Um, let's see. D. Okay, like here's here's a one minute and twenty scene of D with her brother Raj. Right, I don't know what happens in it. Here we go. Oh, uh, my mama can't help me either, Raj. That's, that's D. Yes, she had the old math too. <laughs> no, I don't know what the old math was, but if new math is better, then it must have really been the pits. <laughs> Here's the brother. Walked in with his friend Mama. Wayne and Rerun. Here we go. <laughs> you gave him a sassy look. Just a minute, Robin. What is the matter with you coming in this house, young? Is Mama home? Can't you see I'm on the telephone? <laughs> Listen, when you walk into a house. And this is the funniest. Like, it's a little 13 year old girl sassing her like way older brother. Right. On the telephone. You don't come and shouting his mama home. <laughs> I'll leave it there. But that's if she would have played D as like a thirteen-year-old sassy girl like that, almost like um, uh, maybe as like Blue Ivy as like Tiffany Haddish, that might mm-hmm. actually work. And then it would have engaged uh, uh, Beyonce a little bit more. And Beyonce could have been the mom said like, "You don't sass me." That might have right. built up the, the character dynamic more, where it was just more like Beyonce being really mean to her little child. Yeah, I mean, I have so many suggestions. Like, if Beyonce was trying to capture, like, kind of how we saw Trinity do last season with um, when they were doing the 90210, where the mom is trying to be, Trinity was trying to be like Pheromone. Oh, like, yes. if Beyonce was really trying to take over Blue Ivy, or if Blue Ivy, right, was mean to Beyonce or uh, like a sassy teenager. It's exactly what you said. There's a million different suggestions. They just didn't do it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. On the pos- okay, What about Aquarius Melania Trump? I made, I don't know if you listened to the episode, I released a solo one, but I had this theory about Aquarius Melania Trump, but I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, I did not hear that show, so this will be all my own opinions, I mm-hmm. guess. Is it still up, by the way? It's up for now, but as soon as I post this, I'm deleting it. Oh, well, I want to down. I just want to hear what you say. Um, okay, so for Melania, did you know that Kimora Black, that was going to be her character last season? Oh, really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I knew that Melania Trump was in kind of the something that we all... We Here's the thing about Melania and why she's a good character is we know her. We don't know her story, but mm-hmm. we can have an idea of what her story is because mm-hmm. of her always pulling her hand away from Trump or never saying a word or like the blinking, like it's just stuff that we know. And we've kind of created this whole backstory about how she's being held hostage. So it's a smart choice because we don't know enough about her, but we know enough about her. Yeah. 
So I thought it's, it was a strong choice for her. And exactly what Aquaria said, it played to her strength of she didn't have to, she had time to have jokes written out, but then she was in the moment. I thought that her, her best line was when she said, no wonder my husband has such a problem with China or something like along those yeah. lines. Yeah. I, I mean, that was right off the cuff. I think, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, that was a really good line. It is a good line. Um, and, and I thought Rue that it, it was a smart choice for her. When Rue called her Melania and she called him Barack, that was quick too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was very impressed with Aquaria because it's sometimes these quiet ones or not quiet. She's not very quiet, but I think it's one of these things where you see these people who aren't in their head because they're the comedy queen. Where mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're funny because we're not used to them being funny. Well, this is what I think, and I think even though she was quick on her feet in the in the on the show, let me tell you what I think, and this is why she was quick on her feet. So the theory I posited uh, earlier was, I mean, she is the drag daughter of Sharon Needles. And Sharon Needles, I mean, even, I don't know what you think of her Michelle Visage from season four, but, which was very funny. Mm-hmm. But also, if you've ever watched Sharon when she does Battle of the Seasons on tour, she is just so good at the Snatch Game, whether she's playing Caitlyn Jenner or um, what other characters has she done? She just does, she's really funny and quick on the Snatch Game. And, you know, she's a legendary winner and she's her drag daughter. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that Sharon helped her prepare for the Snatch Game. And, yes, Sharon obviously didn't write the joke about China, but Sharon didn't write the joke about calling him Barack, you know. But Mm -hmm. you would recognize this, too. When you're comfortable because you're so prepared, you can then – it gives you the freedom to be that quick. Yeah, it's these people who can, it's a skill that comedians have where they can slip into characters that they've played for years. It's like SNL, like they start to be able to live and they build, they're able to write better for these characters that we've seen, like the target lady, Mm -hmm. like things that people recognize, they're able to kind of give them a little bit more character and depth. So if you're able to live in that character, you kind of think, oh, how would they respond? Oh, right. They would call this person Brock. Like, so it's just, it's a quick wit. Yeah, and so it, it, I, it, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Sharon helped her. Not that she, Sharon wrote it, but that Sharon, uh-huh. you know, that they probably worked together on. Because I'm sure this was a, a, a character she submitted before she, you know, uh, when she was applying for the show, and yeah. they helped put the application together. And I think uh-huh. I think I think she did a good job. Um, what was it? so that's Aquaria. And then uh, Monique Hart, Maxine Waters. And we're going to go back to the other girls, too, but I'm, I'm hitting the, the the big ones right now. Right. Um, what did you think of Monique Hart? With Monique, I thought that I don't know Maxine. Like, I know Maxine Waters. I obviously, maybe I know more about her than Monique does. <laughs> um, I think the look was really, like, spot. I thought she looked like maxine waters Mm -hmm. um past that there's really not much i can say i don't think that she she wasn't even being funny like she was giving kind of real (laughs) real answers about how she wants to be a part of the black community and stuff i was like where's the joke yeah i don't know it it, it was like a huge flop that's the part like a fish on a platter I mean, okay. you, you're you a lot more political than I am. What did you think of the Maxine Waters? I think that's a tough one. Like, like I said, unless you take it in a, in a in an absurd direction, I mean, there's not really... I mean, that Maxine Waters does talk about very serious things. And that's that's the tricky thing. She, Unless you took Maxine Waters in an absurd direction, there's not much she would really say on the Snatch King. If you think about Maxine Waters 
uh, being on the Snatch Game, she would just think it was just tomfoolery, and she wouldn't uh, she wouldn't be putting up with that those shenanigans. Mm-hmm. So, like, I it, it, that was you needed to be like a like a you know a, a seasoned improv comedian to really pull pull off Maxine Waters, and like you're talking about living in that character to be able to respond to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but th- that's why I, I I think it was a poor choice to make from the get go was mm-hmm. Maxine Waters. Uh, let's go just this touch on the other one. Did you have any thoughts on Cameron, uh, an invisible Cameron as China? <laughs> uh, I used to be a huge wrestling fan when I was, when China was very relevant in the WWF or mm-hmm. WWE as it is now. And so I knew who that character was. And I thought, I mean, for Cameron saying that she's limited because of her muscles, I think that at this point she was like playing into it. <laughs> like, yeah, she of course, in. Yeah. like why not be China? Um, so I thought that was like a fine choice. We didn't really get much of, of Cameron though. Again, like, I mean, we heard the one testosterone bite, which is, it was enough to keep her safe, I guess. Yeah. Well, also, you know, this has come up on Larry Flick's show is, and I agree with this. We're all sort of done with the drag queen who does a deep voice as a joke. It's uh-huh. just sort of yeah. tired. Um, Mitch Cracker and Dorothy Parker, your thoughts there? I had to do a little research of who Dorothy Parker was, mm-hmm. and um, it seemed like it could have been a fun character. And I'm really surprised that Miss Cracker was as overlooked as she was. Like, I don't think she got much to say during the game. And I'm I'm coming as a fan of Miss Cracker, and I thought Snatch Game would be great because we've seen her just excel in these acting challenges and character challenges. And I really was kind of surprised that she wasn't even in the top. I feel like Dorothy Parker is a very, 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 very tough one to do because mm-hmm. I do know a little bit about Dorothy Parker. She was like a very, very famous like wit. Okay. Yeah. And you know, she was part of the Algonquin round table and they would sit there and just say all these witty things to each other all day. And I think it's tough again with a situation like the Snatchkin to play a character who has, you have to be prepared for that you have to have your super and you better fucking bring you know what she could have done was just literally try and squeeze in real um dorothy parker lines into the thing because it's it's how do you uh like another it almost, it almost makes me think makes me think of may west when alaska did may west or mm-hmm. even when they could do two versions you could do a cracked out version that's like Alyssa who just randomly stuffs in mommy dearest lines whatever <laughs> right right or but but everyone knows Joan Crawford and that character and, and if you know what you get it. Or when Alaska was taking Mae West lines and then extending them to absurdity. So saying like, why don't you come up and fuck me in the ass sometime is a right. <laughs> it's a really dirty yeah. version of a Mae West line. So what if you did like instead of you know, you can't le- you can lead a horde of culture, but you can't make her think is a real Dorothy Parker line. But mm-hmm. like what and this, and this is coming guys, I don't think this is gonna be really funny, but what if you're like you can't lead a horde of culture, but you can, you know, fuck her in the fuck ass. Fuck her in the yeah. ass. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's just fucking yep. girls in the ass. Um, but, like, yeah, what if you took those famous lines and then took a real absurd spin on them? That man had been and a it's way to also, do it. Yeah. I mean, that's – and that's RuPaul's humor is to just say the line that would be exactly what – I think that's exactly up Ru's – laughability like she would love like a, a really crude thing coming from somebody who's supposed to be this kind of prim proper exactly exactly not prim proper but like a, a wit kind of person yeah, like yeah like there's like sort of a feat you know like a new york socialite is saying like in other words a real dorothy parker line is men never make passes at women or girls who wear glasses or something like that 
Okay. Like, what have you there? But again, like, even just off the top of my head, imagine if you actually worked on it. You had men ever make passes at girls with flat asses, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, just yeah. like, little spins like that. Um, and then you could write those little, those little quotes you could write on the card. Those could have been the answers. Yeah, and that's the thing is it, it was kind of like when you see Marlene Dietrich and like these people who we may not know, like Sasha made her into like a weird bisexual. Yeah. Per- like it's just these these people that you just kind of have to create your own character with them for people that we don't really know that well. Did you have any thoughts on Monet or Eureka, Maya Angelou and Honey Boo Boo? Uh, Monet was great. I thought that was exactly like the per- <laughs> I love the soliloquy. Like yeah. break, and I knew that she planned that, but I, I mean, it killed. It was really funny, mm-hmm. um, and she had the look down, and I thought that her answers were very Maya Angelou sitting on match game. Yeah. Um, and then who was this? Who was the other one? Eureka is Honey Boo Boo. Oh, Eureka! Yeah, I mean, um, there are some. I, I saw on Reddit that some people are like, well, she just played herself kind of thing, yeah, and- which I could see, but I mean, Honey Boo Boo, like doing the drawings for the. For the answers, I thought was pretty funny because she's playing what like a, I don't know how old Alana is six or seven, well, not now, anymore. Now but I think at like the time of 13, like popularity, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I thought it was smart. And then saying like I'm homeschooled, and she just had like the I think it's called Go Go Juice and like yeah. the pixie stick. So the, it's a, it was a prop heavy character, but that that's the things I've never seen a, a frame of Honey Boo Boo, but I know those things are associated with her. So she she had the character, yeah. All right, it's Elimination Day, and the girls are reflecting on their Snatch Game performances before a lengthy discussion about politics and drag. The Vixen and Asia worry about their poor performances, but Eureka seems pretty happy with her own performance. It's kind of random how we both did, like the little kids. Yeah. And we both get ready beside each other. Honestly, Eureka, I don't know how you're going to take this, but I feel like you stepped on a lot of people and, like, kind of took their moment from them. Do you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I don't think you can blame me for that because I'm not blaming you. I, I just, was just trying to chime in like we're supposed to, you know what I mean? But I think there's a level of professionalism where you know when to hold back. Your thoughts on that moment, Jay Ellis? <laughs> AKA, I didn't, I didn't do a good job, so I'm going to put my blame on you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly my thing with the Vixen. I feel the Vixen was coming for your um, Aquaria at first because Aquaria came in with all of this hype. She was very famous on Instagram. She had she has very famous drag associates and drag mom, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think so. Vixen zeroed in on her because she's a young look queen and went after her. And then when we, she realized early on that Aquaria was not living up to the hype, I think that changes. But she wasn't living up to the hype. She now focused on Eureka. Eureka's won twice. Eureka won the reading challenge. Eureka's been winning, 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 winning. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, she's all about Eureka. I think she zeroes in on whoever's in the lead yeah and it might be a strategy coming in and being like i can i'm gonna get in their head and kind of tear them down but i just thought that from what we were shown and this could have been totally different the day on set but i feel like they're they are encouraged to interact and if anything asia as beyonce and blue ivy i feel like they were kind of rattling back and forth on answers and monique cart was throwing her her two cents into other people's answers. So I think it's encouraged on the show to be in that character mm-hmm. and in, engage with the other people. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that Eureka was saying stuff between other people's things, but I don't think that she would ever purposely sabotage or step in on somebody's funny answer. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, but I think, again, we're just building up to what becomes an explosion later. But you know what, yeah. Jay? Over on Patreon... Wait, hold on for a second. <laughs> wait, <laughs> 
J over on Patreon on the Form Decor Lounge. Taylor the Latte Boy told a gripping story about dealing with death, while Joe shared stories from his time working at the Playboy Mansion. On the rumor mill, Evan and Joe finished up whatever rumors are left, and Joe and Taylor took a deep dive in the episode over on Rulaska Thoughts. Coming soon, Garrett Schlichty from Slate Magazine. And that fucking hot-ass dancer Jake Dupree from the Kitty Girls video, also known as Glitter Fantasy Unicorn, they're going to join Joe on Rulaska Thoughts. I don't know why I'm talking to myself in the third person. If you'd like to listen to all this fucking great hot content, go over to patreon.com slash dragracerecap and join at the $1 or $2 level. That's right. That's patreon.com slash dragracerecap. This message approved by Cameron Michaels. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now it's time for the looks. All right, Jay. Something's fishy over here. <laughs> Let me close my legs. <laughs> what were you? I'm serving fresh tilapia. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you have any uh, looks that you wanted to talk about that you can think of? I mean, the apps or just like a free flow. Is there yeah, any flow, order no, that you want no, to go nope. in? Nope. Oh, sorry. Okay, cut out. Sorry. Um, okay, so I mean, this. St- I'll do just oh, like wait, a, a the top and a bottom. Then you. my absolute top was Aquaria. I thought that oil drip, oil slick, the the hair being wet was so smart. Um, the all black. It kind of gave a really cool illusion of just the oil, like and the tattered tail. I thought that there was so much detail and so many. Um, I guess what's the word like uh, the editing was just spot on for me. I thought that this was a standout look and I thought it was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, The, the weakest for me from the neck down was the Vixen. It's like they said, the boobs were separate. I could see boy body, um, which for a mermaid, I would kind of think you'd want to pat a little bit to give you that hip illusion. Mm -hmm. Um, But her, I love that wig. I thought the wig was good, but I know we've seen it before and her face looked really nice, Mm -hmm. but those were the two that stood out to me for different reasons. How about you? Uh, the Aquaria, I loved. I, you know, I actually really hated um, Eureka's outfit. And I was surprised it didn't get red as much as it did. Mm. I just thought it was like a really gross color bodysuit with just like a couple of little things in the right places. And I was like, it's kind of lazy, I thought, felt. I wasn't, I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't a fan of it. I could. Okay. Yeah. Wait, did they have Eureka in a wheelchair? They all were in wheelchairs. Oh, they might. I don't know. She's kind of big for a wheelchair. Did you have any other looks no. you wanted to talk about? Um, 
I mean, to be honest, this was a really strong run, runway for me. Oh, it was? I, I thought Miss Cracker was... Yeah, I, I liked the concept. I didn't love that they couldn't walk down the runway because I didn't... I know that it was like an ode to Bette Midler, but um, I... I prefer to see like the whole thing, not just like where they get propped up by a pit crew guy mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they just stand there for a second. Um, but I thought that the, it, I think maybe it was enhanced by the the puns as well. So I just had really a lot of fun with this runway. Um, yeah, I, I don't like talking about the look. I mean, you can talk about it as long as you want, but I, I, I know it's um, the same. I mean, there's not really much I can say. They were all kind of sparkly. They all kind of did like a, like a glitter gill kind of on the bottom. And mm-hmm. I thought Asia's, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny when they kept cutting to Asia's mask. Mm-hmm. Like it made me laugh every time because it was just like this blank stare. Um, and I appreciated <laughs> that she probably colored her face underneath it so that it was it gave more of that illusion. But overall, I mean, it was just um, a, I, I thought it was. I think these runways have been very strong. I think they've got a very talented group of queens who have strong looks. Let's all just kind of do a blanket statement with my standout being Aquaria. All right, I agree with you, and that's the looks. <laughs> I love Taylor's going to be like screaming in his chair I like love the do look. more I love <laughs> the look being that short I hate 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 talking about the looks anyway during the on the main stage during the judges critiques Ms. Cracker and Cameron were safe and were carted off the stage uh, Aquaria Monet and Eureka received positive critiques while the Vixen Asia and Monique received less than positive reviews during the critique of Monique Hart Monique addressed the judges directly really sucks because i feel like week after week no matter what i do it's never what you want this is a competition it's tough it ain't easy no no, ma'am that's why only the strong survive boom after all the critiques were over rupaul asked the girls a question that led to an uncomfortable exchange between the vixen and eureka all right so ladies i have one final question who deserves to go home tonight and why Starting with Eureka. Oh, gosh. Honestly, maybe Asia O'Hara because she's my biggest competition, to be honest. Fixin. I have never seen such a level of unprofessionalism as I have watching Eureka, and it baffles me that you guys enjoy her so much. It has really been very difficult working in an environment with her because she takes all the air out of the room she's always the one who has to get the last word in my defense i tell everyone all the time i'm sorry that i'm loud and i'm sorry i'm too much but, but you don't try also... to stop being loud or try to stop being too much like... isn't the vixen the one that i'm not going to change for anybody i'm me except me as i am Mm-hmm. yeah are you afraid to say anything because you're white <laughs> yes <laughs> No, it's um, you're you're exactly right. I mean, it's just a you you can't put somebody down for being who they are and then claim like I can't go from zero to five. I have to go to from zero to one hundred or whatever. Like her quote was a couple of while, like a couple of weeks back. It's like you, I want you to change, but I'm perfect and I'm going to stay the same. It's just a lot of um, displacement where her anger goes to somebody else because she's just not happy with how she did. It's Eureka was calling it on Untucked. It, that's what we're seeing right now. I'm sorry, but this is who I am. Deal with it. It's also a strength of mine when it comes to Apparently. the confidence in acting. But what I've seen from Eureka is I'm the one who's getting all the attention in the room, which to me is very childish, which I guess is why the characters that she played has worked for her because she's a child. I'm sorry that she feels that way, but I will say one more thing. Again, getting the last word. I'm in. sorry. But- How does Vixen think this is a, a, a good strategy? No, I know. And the ju- I mean, 
just read the judges' faces and they're just like, stop. Yeah. I can't let her sit there Again. and literally verbally attack me. Yes, I do talk too much and I'm expressive and but animated. But everyone doesn't have to But I'm also it. extremely kind and I'm full of love because I know that sometimes I am a lot to deal with. But I can't change that. And I try, try. to be understanding of people, but I can't you handle attack someone literally grown verbally man. attacking me. Which I feel like in drag is an insulting thing to say to her that she's a grown man. Yeah, I know, because I think it cut to somebody and it was like a, ooh, like yeah. an eyebrow raise. Yeah. In front of people you, that I... Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask, do you think that this would have changed if Vixen was the last one asked and Monique had already said that she would have put her in the bottom and Aquaria would have put her in the bottom? Like, do you think that her target would have shifted from Eureka? After hearing... Because I think Vixen question. was the second or the yeah, third one asked. She was. It was like, it was like uh, Eureka, then Monet? Ish. Or Asia? Yeah. Uh, see, I don't remember the order. I'm, I'm, I'm bummed. I only got to watch it once. Um, and then, and then the vixen, and then I, I think I, th- I don't know. I, I think, I think the Eureka that Eureka had had a target on her back in the vixen's eyes for mm-hmm. a few weeks now. Okay. So. I want to have respect for my art when I really have tried everything I can to be as kind as I can to vixen. That's all I'll say. I'm sorry. All right. Thank you, ladies. Okay, do you have any thoughts that we didn't cover right now on, on what just happened right there? On the Vixen, on Eureka, on the girl? Because everyone should know if you haven't watched, I don't know why you would listen to this and not watch the episode, but most of the girls said that they would send the Vixen home. Uh, mm-hmm. d- did you have any thoughts on, on that? Yeah, I mean, the Vixen was just really, It's. I, I think she thought they were playing like alliances, like friends aren't going to say that she should be going home. But it's like Monique said, based on the challenges and the critiques that I've heard today, the Vixen is the right choice to be going home. And I think like the audience has seen it. Probably the judges noticed too, like her looks come out, not very polished. Cause I try to put myself in the judges uh, seats sometimes mm-hmm. and say, well, what are they seeing on the main stage? Because I haven't really loved Vixen's drag or her performance so far in the show. Mm-hmm. And, but they're seeing just the very edited version of her on the main stage. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this was a huge glimpse for them to be like, Oh, let's get her up on the chopping block. Cause we can't have a, a villain kind of making it to the top yeah i i like and and we'll get to this right now but i uh i feel uh the the show was set up with even on tuck the 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 mom video message yeah yeah it was sent it was meant for the vixen to go home speaking of untuck i have the untuck clip it it's really long we're running long did you have any big thoughts on it is there anything you want to hear from untuck i mean the vixen just got really upset um it really is kind of I would just reiterate everything that I said. I think there's no new points is she, she didn't like what she was hearing. So she kind of stormed off and then came back because I think she thought, Oh, I can't let them talk about me and not get like my camera or get my uh, words in on camera. Mm-hmm. So um, it was just a, I'm going to throw, uh, this is the kind of argument I love to have with people is where they say all their stuff. And then they're like, and I'm out of here. Like they don't even have they give yeah. you like a chance to rebuttal. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of that, and I thought it was handled very immaturely. But did you, I mean? How about you? Did you think? Yeah, you think about I, th- it? I actually think that 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 even though uh, we're not going to listen to it, I I do think with the show plus Untucked, I really do feel the Vixen kind of killed her career. I don't understand what the game plan was. Like I said, she could always wrap herself before in these points she was making about you know, social justice or race, race, race relations. But this time it was pure, just jealousy and poor sportsmanship. Uh-huh. And I think she comes off as difficult. 
Um, and I think people aren't going to want to work with people who are difficult. Look at people who have historically been difficult. They're not working. Tyra, you know, the, the big shade is she has to work at Amazon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I, I also like, want to say that when she was talking about her protests, it almost seemed like she was doing it not for any specific, like when she was talking about her sets that she goes up and on stage and um, breaks, it, was it a crucifix with slurs on it? Oh yeah, am I right? Something like that. There is something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that and then she goes. You can make a cute coin with that. I was like, oh, you're not yes. even really standing behind mm-hmm. the message. It almost seemed like she was just trying to perform it as a like a story. Like, oh, you should go see this girl, the, the vixen, because she does this like huge statement or this huge piece at this bar. Where I don't know if she's really. I mean, and I'm. I don't know. Maybe she does stand behind all of these things, but it just seemed like it wasn't for the right reasons. And mm. I don't really know what the draw is to go see her. After the show airs, I don't really know no. who's gonna who her audience is now. You're right because it comes off as not making a statement to make a statement for artistic reasons, but that you're making it because you're playing on white guilt, right? And yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's funny because of all the contestants this season, but even in previous seasons, she's been the most vocally aware that there's a life outside the camera. You know, mm-hmm. I know the show doesn't like to acknowledge that, but she has, you know, the, in the fight with Aquari- Aquaria, she addressed the camera directly. She broke the fourth wall, you right. know, uh, and she's done it even in this episode where she talked about people who will look up to her as, you know, in the poking the bear is a part of her they look up to. And so she's uh-huh. very aware of her perception. She's also very, 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 and this is the part that I find it's weird. She's very good friends with Shay and very good. In fact, in the workroom on, during the reading challenge, she's wearing a Shay Kool-Aid t-shirt. Yeah. And it's one of these things where, like, Shay, now maybe there's something I don't know about Shay. I don't know Shay Kool-Aid. But she, Shay Kool-Aid seems so much more easygoing than the Vixen. I also think there's going to be a lot of damage control once the show airs or maybe on the reunion. That I think the, the great thing about the Drag Race community and the fans is that they're, if you give them an inch, they'll kind of give you a mile with mm-hmm. an apology. Mm-hmm. Where sometimes a villain can turn can make that turn and turn into like a redemption story. And I don't, I know Aja wasn't a villain, but she had that huge thing against Valentina. And mm-hmm. I would almost argue now that Aja is one of like the most um, popular Queens coming mm-hmm. out of season nine. Mm-hmm. But do, even you after see the getting vixen, that villain at it kind of thing. Can you see the Vixen doing that? I don't, I, it's hard to say because she, she is very young and I think that plays a part into it, but I could see her maybe taking the few months and seeing how you're seen on camera and actually seeing it all put together, which sometimes could open your eyes, and then coming to the reunion with maybe a more measured way to make her arguments, and it, it just putting her in a better light. I don't know if it's going to win a lot of people over, but I think that there's a chance that she could do a little bit of damage control if she plays it right. I'm just trying to think of the All-Stars 5 when she walks into the workroom and she's like, I'm, I, I came here to make friends. You know, and they cut to the connection <laughs> yeah. and she's like... You know, after yeah. my time on season 10, I realized I came off as an angry bitch. And that's not really who I am. I came mm-hmm. here for redemption to show I am the nice queen that I could be nice and sweet. That <laughs> bears can be mean or bears can be aggressive, but they can also be cuddly. Once you give a bear some honey. Yeah. There's something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a 
was I supposed to say it there? No, well, no, never no, mind. no, 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 that was perfect. Uh, in the end, RuPaul crowned Aquaria as the winner of the challenge and named the Vixen and Monique Hart as the bottom two. Monique Hart uh, and the Vixen were now pitted against each other in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song, get your panties ready, Jay. Oh. Cut to the feeling. By Carly Rae Jepsen. I had a dream, had a dream. was it real? What's we it crossed real? the line, and it was Monique Hart removed her wig and forgot the words of the song while the vixen tumbled around the stage. That was so weird. And then, like, the weird um, cartwheel. Mm-hmm. In the end, the vixen was told, Shantae, you stay, while Monique Hart was asked to sashay away. Jay Ellis, any final thoughts on the episode? I want to cut to this. Yeah. I'm so I'm mopping over here. I love that song so much. Um, overall, I am so I mean, Aquaria deserved the win. Loved. I think everything that she did this episode, I thought the look was perfect. And her snatch game was right. Um, I'm very bummed that Monique barely knew the chorus of the song. It was a very lackluster lip sync. Um, you're right. The cartwheels and the tumbles were just they didn't add or enhance anything. Um, and it's kind of a bummer when you see one of your like favorite songs done on a lip sync and then it's just not done justice. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, my last observation is I think this was Vixen's week to go home, but it was kind of like when Valentina went up against yep. Nina Bonina Brown. Mm-hmm. They can't justify sending home Vixen when Monique did not know the words. Mm-hmm. I think if Monique had done a, a 50-50 job, like not moved around but yeah. knew the words, mm-hmm. it would have justified them getting rid of the Vixen. You're right. It was a horrible lip sync. You had this... Monique, who didn't know the words, and throwing her wig all over the place like a lunatic. And then the Vic, I think the Vixen thinks like the weird tumbling and like random death drops looks good. It comes off as like desperate and weird. It doesn't it doesn't fit? It's bizarre. It's it's not good. Yeah. Now going back to what you were saying, I was actually pissed off at the end of Untucked when they do an extended, you know, uh, visit with Monique as she exits the workroom. And mm-hmm. she's She's saying, you know, she knew she didn't know the words, but that was because she's poor and doesn't and was working on her um, outfit late into the night. And I was like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. They give you a little Apple um, uh, iPod iPod shuffle kind of thing that just has RuPaul's music and all the lip sync songs. You could have just been listening to that over and over and over on repeat as you were sewing. Right. Yeah, I said, I mean, these the the girls are sequestered and it's just like, what else are you doing with your time? I get that you're probably working out outfits and stuff. But I if I would think if that were me in my in that position, those songs would never be off loop because I would want to make sure that my lips were matched perfectly to every song. Yeah, I'd be dancing in my room the whole time, uh, practicing those songs and practicing in front of the mirror and seeing how it looks and what I'm going to do and plotting that lip sync. And we also didn't see her with headphones in her ears the entire time exactly. and untucked. So it's just like she, if she thought she was at risk of going up, she wasn't concerned about even knowing some of the words or how it started. So it was unfortunate. It's it's really hard to watch a lip sync that's so cringy. Um, you know, I was on Reddit and somebody said they were at the um, at the bar when it was playing, and that when the song came on and the first note, play, the bar went crazy. They went yeah. crazy for the song, and um, then Monique whipped off the wig, and the whole bar went silent. Right, and it sort of also feels- it's Go it's going to be uh, sorry. No, Go no, ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it's going to be hard to 
see how the show is going to progress as far as talking head portions, because Monique was such a huge narrator yes. in the in the talking head parts. Yes, that is going to be insanity. She was a huge narrator of this show, and it's going to be crazy to think of this show without her voice. That is, I think be... she's going to come back. I, I do. In the competition? I don't know. I think so. I don't know. I, it just seems like this was so early for her to leave and Rue doesn't want it to go like that. I don't, I, it just seemed something tells me, but I might be wrong, but it's just hard to lose somebody who is a strong competitor right there. Oh, oh well, that's a good theory. I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, what about, did you have any last things that you like overall? Did you think Aquaria deserved the win, the lip sync, anything like that? I think Aquaria deserved the win. Look, this Aquaria, she, she was coming in. I thought she was going to be this horrible human being, this nightmare. I was actually almost expecting her to be like the vixen, to be honest with you. Same. I thought so, too. Yeah, I thought she was going to be the vixen. And it turns out she's actually been very charming, which makes sense because, you know, I was when I heard the rumors, I was like, wouldn't Sharon tell her not to behave like that? And, I, and, and again, you would think she'd have a lot of good advice, and I think she's been following that advice. And uh, I think that, you know, and, and you know, uh, I don't want to say too much. But, yeah, I think Aquaria is getting a, a really good, nice edit from the show. And I think she's coming off really, really well. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. uh, I, I, I really like – and this look was fantastic. The look was everything. And she was funny as Melania Trump. And I thought she did a great job. Uh, I'm sad Monique went home, but in a weird kind of way, I'm kind of angry because she had, I mean, like we talked about, it was her lip sync to lose. The show had pretty much set it up on a platter for her to send Vixen home. The Vixen got the video call from the mom. She, I mean, she got the the, the edit. I mean, they was like, they, I think they thought she was going to go home. I think Rue was probably just as surprised, probably to think of a shitty pun for Monique Hart to go home, you know, to, yeah. to, to send her away. And uh, it was hers to lose. And I think in this case, she really lost it. And um, that's too bad. Uh, Any other final thoughts on the episode? I thought Rue's wig line was particularly atrocious this week. Uh, Very blurred. Yeah, very blurred. And you're like, what is going on? And then they they do. I love that they do do that. They blur the wig line so you don't see it. And then (laughs) also she had a weird interaction with Kate Upton when she came out. Um, Remember when she came out? Because usually she'll have some sort of banter with with them. And she was like... Nice to see you. And she's like, nice to see you. Yeah. <laughs> it was. And you could tell Kate Upton knew her, like, did her homework about this uh, yeah. charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent, and then death drop. Like, I, I, that's something that we didn't really touch on. I thought Audra and uh, Kate were fantastic. Yeah, they were really good. I was expecting Kate Upton to be a big dummy and not say anything, mm-hmm. but her critiques were really good and on point. And yeah. she was really paying attention. She, like... Not like Shania Twain. Like, Shania Twain looked like someone just guided her in the right direction and didn't know she was going to be on a show with uh, drag queens. <laughs> yeah. And when no, Kate Upton her, is, if I were a straight guy, that would be, she. I feel like she's like the dream. She's really funny in interviews. Oh, is she? I, like, if you ever look her up, yeah, she's she's just very funny and very, like, woke. She's very, like, alert on, like, what's going on in the world. I, I really like her a lot. Yeah, I thought she did a great job. And also, like, what did you think of the whole Alex Trebek moment? <laughs> I love Jeopardy. Um, oh, you do too. I, it's a weird synergy. Yeah, I do. I like I like trivia, so mm-hmm. I like like little things like that. But um, it was a very weird crossover. But I appreciate that he's doing a drag show. Like that's pretty progressive and cool of him. I liked it. Yeah, what, it was I, a very bad tie-in. <laughs> it it was a weird tie-in. And do you think he really is a fan of the show the way Rue said he was? 
No, I don't think so. Not like Sally Jesse Raphael. That is the craziest thing. When when uh, my husband from another dimension, uh, Alex Lefebvre, told me that Sally Jesse Raphael is a huge fan. I went to go check and verify. She is like a gigantic fan. That's so cool. That's so Rossi cool. Rossi. By the way, next could, season will be Sally Jesse. I tried getting her on the show. She never responded to my email. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. you never know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe you do. Well, I, <laughs> I guess was, the answer is I no. was telling I was telling friends I go, I wanted to get her on the show, right? And then I was gonna be like, you know, get her on once and be nice. I would always be nice to her, right? But just a normal, mm-hmm. boring interview. Again, because and then she goes, you know, I would love to do the show again and then have her back on the show. Yeah. And then when she sure. was like, um, like, I don't like this uh, vixen, I go, Well, it's so funny. So I just Raphael, say hello to the uh-huh. vixen. <laughs> <laughs> we we flew her from Chicago, bitch. <laughs> it's the vixen. Yeah, yeah that'd be good. and then it's like, oh, that Aja. She just has like she. I don't like the Aja. She's a terrible person, you know. Yeah, and then and then yeah. it's like, oh well, look look who we have here. It's it. Uh, she's talking to you know, talks. Who does this Chad Michael think she is? Well, it's <laughs> just Raphael. I have something to say to you. Say hello to Chad Michael. I'm sure, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> that's good yeah yeah I, i'm overall i have to like say that this season has been a very i thought coming off the tails of all stars three is going to be like a little bit of drag race fatigue and maybe mm-hmm. because i'm not covering it as much as like you and taylor and evan um it's been a very enjoyable season so far so Let's be i'm honest. happy with it and thank you so much for having me on the show it's nice to talk about the show again no i love talking about it with you uh people love us on patreon everyone if you're guys if you liked jay ellis you should know he is has been on us has been on the show with me oh. on Patreon. <laughs> Dear. Yeah. <laughs> That's at, at the $3, $3 level, I'll be on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Join us next week and every fucking week as we discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. So, for my hot self, and for also Jay, El- and for Jay Ellis. Well, you know what, Jay? Wait, hold on, hold on for a second. Mm-hmm. What? What? I never. I always confuse your Instagram and Twitter. What's your Instagram handle? Don't underscore be underscore jealous, and then Twitter is still underscore jealous. But it's not the word jealous, it's J-E-L-L-I-S. Yeah, J-E-L-L-I-S. And I'm taking submissions of how to switch it to be more synergistic between the two. So if you guys have any fun puns with my names, that <laughs> maybe Tuna Turner is a real strong competitor. Um, I, I'm taking submissions right now. Like, you ever do like, <laughs> that's a hot jealous fish. J. Ellis fish. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, you might actually have some suggestions, but yeah, Instagram, don't underscore be underscore jealous, and then Twitter, still underscore jealous. I'm usually pretty good about writing back on Twitter, and then Instagram, I never post anything, but when I do, it's a real treat. Oh, yeah. No, literally, I, I tweeted this, Jay. I get a response seven days later. Some hot, like, jock bro posts, like, uh, I put on socks today, and Jay Ellis is like, Oh, they, I love those socks. Like you, any fucking hot guy, because I follow you on Twitter. Any fucking hot guy, I see Jay Ellis has commented on their link or like the picture they put up. Oh, you're so Hello, funny. it's a big moment that they put on socks. I have to reward them. <laughs> anyway, so for Jay Ellis and myself. Sashay away. Until next time. Next week, but whatever. I know. But it's not a week.
Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. If you want to help the show, leave us a review on iTunes. The more positive reviews we get, the higher we move up in the rankings, and that helps the show find a bigger audience. If you want to help the show even more, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content not available on the main podcast feed. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. To find all of our old episodes, visit us at our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram and Twitter at PIMC Taylor. Want to hear me talk about Drag Race even more? Well, then listen to me on One on One with Larry Flick every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, exclusively on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 on Sirius XM Radio. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at catchinguppodcast.com <laughs> and wherever you get your podcasts. I never listened to this. Finally, those. follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. Do you think anyone is still listening? To- I gotta find it. Probably not, but because they all know the plugs already. I went in to hug you, though. That's what I always think of at the end of your show. <laughs> Is when you put in the Alyssa versus Fifi. Oh, I should put it back in. I should put it back in. Wait, I gotta end the yeah. show. <laughs>